0: Coming up on the Naughtiest Naughty. Do you know what I like about it the most? There's not a stool in sight. Apart from Brian McFadden. Well, yes, exactly. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. Oh! All change at the top. Liam's back with Craig David, and Scott switched from boy band
1: to girl band with Destiny's Child. Ooh.
0: find pictures of myself this week that I've sent you how did you find them Liam? I haven't stopped no I can't say that um, no
1: it's, I, it's, I really enjoyed seeing them yeah it's nice to look down memory lane we didn't think there's a lot of
0: pictures of you from this sort of time but we've, we've been proven wrong where'd you find them? where'd you get them? Uh, randomly I have got a printer paper box full of photos and I thought during the week that would go through them while my little boy was sleeping because they were pretty accessible randomly and I went through them and then managed to find a few from an era where I had curtains Mm. and there's different scale of curtain there's kind of semi-short curtains there's longer curtains there's like short at the back droopy at the front you know yeah so it was nice to see really
1: yeah I want to put them on the socials at some point but I feel like we need to kind of extort nah. the listener a little bit we need to kind of like bribe them a bit, bribe them a bit before because it's, it's quality premium
0: content Now that should be like behind the paywall sort of thing I'm thinking I'm no Brian McFadden but you've been sending me pictures too tell us about something very special that just lit up my day when I saw it so I went out for my
1: permitted one hour of exercise yesterday around the park and I saw get this I saw a pug in a pram I saw a, pug in a, a pug in a pram. A pug in a
0: pram. A pug in a pram. That's so good. Dog spotten's like the best Facebook group ever. Mm. But pugs in a pram, you can't
1: lose. It can't be beaten. It can't be beaten. It's the first time I've been out for actual like, exercise since lockdown started. Okay. I know. But I've eaten a lot of Easter eggs in that time. So that, yeah, I, th- I think the exercise was like, it had to happen at some point. It's now happening. Thank God. Class. I want to briefly flag up a couple of tracks this week that have popped up. I found a really, really... Brilliant cover of Pure Shores And I sent this to you Yes It was by Eliza Shaddad It's brand new It's really brilliant Similar sort of vibe Different kind of instrumentation Here's a little sample of Eliza Shaddad doing Pure Shores (laughs)
0: Um, I love Eliza Shaddad anyway, and I think this is just like, this is we're back to the transformative word, and I think it's brilliant. Yeah. Love Eliza, well done.
1: Last week we had Sweet Female Attitude and Flowers as one of our big tracks. We both big fans of it. Didn't pick it, but you know, very close, very very worthwhile. Mm-hmm. It's actually causing a bit of a stir now in the 2020s um, because Nathan Dawe and J K have brought it back, and it's currently number 23 in the charts. This is the brand new version of Flowers.
0: been playing this for a few months on my dance music show as well and um, it's still very very popular and like i said to you last week i think that it's the most remixed song i've ever had in my inbox i mean i get like about four or five different versions of a a year um and i'm glad that like one's kind of stuck and it's very different Mm. summary nice great not the original but brilliant
1: no it's very it's very good very worthwhile and i want to give a mention because it comes out today we haven't heard it yet but I'm, as soon as this is finished gonna go and listen to it the brand new album from Rina Sawayama she's a brand new sign into the Dirty Hit label so 1975's label and her first record called Sawayama is packed full of kind of naughty sounding pop music sometimes mixed with kind of like heavy rock and metal
2: oh my
1: It's a really interesting combination of stuff, but I feel like she's one of the artists that's keeping the noughties alive. So I've got to give a shout out to Rina. Very good. Love you, Rina. We have been getting, as always, lots of voice notes. Thank you to everyone who sent them in. Let's start with one on a bit of a negative note. We'll get this one out of the way first. This is from Megan, and she's got a bone to pick with us. I just thought I'd drop you a quick message to say how incredibly disappointed I am in the pair of you. Now, neither of you criticised stereophonics and tom jones with their track mama told me not to come but neither of you put up a fight for it either and as someone that thinks that that is one of the best songs to ever come out of the noughties with such a distinct welsh feel to it i think you completely underplayed it and i think you should both go back and listen to it again and then tell me that it doesn't deserve to be in either of your top spots. Now, come on, we were... We didn't slag it off. We could have slagged it off. We didn't slag it off. We were very nice, as you admit. Um, it wasn't a winner, though, was it? It's not, it's not a winning track. It's very good, though. I mean, I even said it's on the CD at the end.
0: It makes me love Wales even more because of the collaboration. Yeah. And then I think, um, you know, it's... It was, I think its it's a really powerful track. It's a very well-cemented track. It's going to stay around for a long period of time. I'm happy with it. Me too. Mm-hmm. So, Megan... You just have to live
1: with it. There'll be plenty more Tom Jones, plenty more stereophonics. They will return and I may well choose one of them at some point I feel like I might choose Sex Bomb you never know you never know karaoke <laughs> <laughs> we've had this from Beth
0: so I do actually agree with Destiny's Child knocking off Sync. like as much as I love Bye 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 like I will sing along
1: every single time there's just no beating Say My Name Destiny's Child is there
0: and for Liam's this was a bit more of a struggle for me as Pure Shores is such a banger of a song but I do think Craig David has to take it on this occasion so yeah I agree with that one too
1: very much, it just seems kind of torn. Issue team, Scottish team.
0: Liam, I think she's kind of, she agrees what we said so far. I think that's good, and I'm really pleased with that because you know last week was a really difficult week, and I think maybe to have people on board with this makes me feel a little bit better because there have been some hard decisions, and it has ramped up over the last few weeks where things that were really really good weren't even getting look-ins for mm. episode winners or to even go in the kind of the pot.
1: Yeah, thank you for that Beth, and um, we've had this one in from Scott now Scott sent us this one while on a 5k run, take a listen
2: I've been loving the podcast it's been some fantastic records I don't know how you guys are picking um, however, I do have an issue that Dr Dre did not meet your final pot two weeks ago, which I think is a travesty you guys were talking about the subgenres and how all the small things by Blink-182 kind of makes that subgenre. That, that that is the key defining track in a subgenre but so still DRE for West Coast rap and just rap on the whole. So I was a bit disappointed that one didn't get in, however, even if it had, I wouldn't have been able to decide between that and Blink 182, had to be one of those two records for that week. This week was all about the Garage, loved both tracks, uh, Craig David and Flowers as well, wouldn't have been able to pick between them as well. Keep up the good work guys, and finally, since I'm on my 5k run, I nominate the naughtiest naughty to do a 5k run as well. Haha, get out there and get sweaty you bastards. Love Scott. I've, I've got like doctor appointments to cross over know, from uh, the
0: afterlife, really, got because got April nineteenth, 19, I used to be a penguin on Amazon really and an Iceberg, and, and I'm just looking
2: around the buildings, but
1: I couldn't possibly I go for a five k. I barely walked the shops, and it was just all flustered and in a I've inherited from a half a list of penguin. No, see Scott, sorry, we can't, we can't do the five k. But thank you for nominating us, much appreciated. But no, no, that would would take more than an hour. We can't, we can't, we can't go out for longer than an hour. We we couldn't get it done. But anyway, to go back to your points that were far more valid than nominators to run anywhere because fuck that. Um, Dr. Dre, yeah, we probably dropped the ball there by not even... By, we, we could have easily put it in the contention pot at the end Come,
0: We could have easily snuck it in there. I really think we could have done. It was just a jam-packed week and really we were making the pot too big, but I do really agree with Scott. I kind of feel guilty. Would Still would not have been my episode winner, but... And I even think in the time, you know, we really did give it the nod and say how good it was, but uh, yeah, I think it's a different one and it does... It does... He's right, it does follow the same rules as Blink one It 2 really. Mm. So sorry, Scott, we,
1: we, we walk back on that one a little bit and say, yeah, we probably should have. So we're, we're, we're saying it now, I'll put it back in now. It's been dropped in, Blink, there it is. Uh, but in terms of UK Garage, yeah, there's more
0: coming this week, isn't there? There is, and we've got some really, really good ones that I'm excited to bring you, um, one of which actually has got my only real intro juice of the week mm. that's been stuck in my head.
1: There is quite a dancey vibe to this week's tracks, isn't
0: there? There's kind of a... There's certainly a movement
1: sort of theme. Like, there's not many tracks that make you kind of sit still and twill your thumbs. Um, there's a YouTuber I watch called Dodie. I think she's brilliant. Um, and she suggested in a, re- in a recent video that, you know, if you don't want to go and exercise, don't want to go and run like, you know, we don't, then just getting up, dancing around like a loon, shaking your muscles out. It keeps your organs alive, keeps you kind of like spiritually alive as well. Um, and I feel like a lot of these tracks will do that. So if you haven't already heard the tracks we're talking about today, pause, Spotify, check them out. Come back and we'll get into it because we've got Westlife and Steps, there both back more classic garage, a couple of cheeky ones, but first,
0: a miracle if you ever needed one in a time like this. So, as much as this podcast is based from the year 2000 onwards, in 1999 the club scene received something pretty special. It was a track called Toque Me, which actually is in Spanish, Touch Me. this was a massive track in 1999 from Fragma and actually what happened then is there was another track that had been released a few years earlier that reached number 39 in the UK chart uh, which kind of got to number 39 in the chart following a debut live performance in Pasha that was by Coco and it was called I Need a Miracle and it sounds like this in 2000, DJ Vimto did a mashup, which put it on the map. Kind of together, the two tracks were referred to as being Alchemy. And uh, Fragma and Coco got together and brought us Talk is Miracle, which we're discussing this week. Let me tell you. Oh, man, (laughs) this is great. Now, the 2000 one at the time for me this was just iconic this was your summer song it was massive it was like uh, it was like a Calvin Harris but actually bigger and it it just owned our happiness at the time too but um, I remember the original video was a female football match indoors and there was a little bit of bullying going on there was a bit of cheating um, and it was just always quite gripping to watch but you know we all loved the vocal version just because Kevin and Perry came out at the same time and talked Uh. to me was in Kevin and Perry and it was just a really 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 special track for so many people but just the 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 vibe in it it just sounded really balearic it just sounded really fresh it was new everything was just really really good about this track at the time and i just remember being really really happy every time i listened to it and still to this day
1: this i believe is the first mention of kevin and perry on this show could you just explain to us a little bit about why kevin and perry is such an important film to you and to dance music fans
0: right kevin and perry is the kind of thing where some people don't like it because they don't get it and they don't want to like it because they aren't with it enough and there was a sketch show called harry enfield and chums throughout the late 80s and the 90s there was a specific sketch which was a a boy turning 13 overnight and he went from being a lovely boy to at midnight turning into this 13 year old teenager with tantrums and that sketch was so popular that actually whenever kevin got to um an appropriate age even though um he was still underage for ibiza he managed to Earn some money go to Ibiza and him and his best mate Perry wanted to be DJs and produce tracks but the soundtrack to Kevin and Perry and the music that was used in the film was absolutely immense for this time so the people that put it all together Judge Jules and the likes just absolutely smashed the track listing and it was so well produced into the movie that it just has become an absolute legendary film and the soundtrack is brilliant it is so so good for dance music lovers
1: yeah it's as you've kind of alluded to it is kind of critically looked down upon not given the best reviews but in terms of a piece of like let's say as a as an artifact of kind of like early noughties, late 90s vibe of that kind of music that kind of scene it's, it's kind of legendary, isn't it?
0: It is so, so good. So the thing is, though, right, is, yeah, there's a there's a funny, cheesy um, toilet humor story behind it all. But actually, the fact that it's been put together by Harry Enfield, who, you know, was an old dude, mm. the most far removed person you could ever have done from the dance music scene. It was an indie film film. Um, Perry is actually a female who was a a famous female um, comedian at the time, Kathy Burke. Brilliant. Um, The mom and dad in it are legendary. One of them was in The Vicar of Dibley and he's just super famous. Um, You know, you've got loads of comedians in it. You've got Phil Mitchell out of EastEnders and stuff Mm. like that there in it. Um, But yeah, so the storyline is there. There's toilet humour. It's open-minded. It's a bit disgusting. It was very 2000 teenage boy. Um, There's a really disgusting, perfectly disgusting scene where... um, um, two girls are giving themselves a, a makeover, which includes bursting spots nice. um, and big spots from where there's been piercings right. and stuff. There's waxing goes on. Um, it's very toilet humor, but you do need to watch it carefully and really pay attention to it because it actually is pretty smart, engaging. And it's just a brilliant indie film.
1: I still haven't seen it but there you go have you never seen it
0: nope oh my god I know. this is this is strange yeah Um. I've got it on DVD to be fair it's so so good but do you know what, you know what I love about this whole this whole thing do you know what I've got sitting upstairs mm, go on I have got the gold disc for Fragma talk <sighs> of me that was given to KISS 100 back in 1999.
1: Wow. Isn't that impressive? That's pretty incredible. Yeah. So does that kind of sway you? I mean, I, I know you already love the song, but does, does that sway
0: you to kind of like push it because you've got the original of the original? Absolutely. This is this is what, you know, if we go back to what Scott Hastie said in the opener of the show, um, this is one of these tracks now that could be a contender because it is... A proper crossover track this mm. is a huge 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 dance track it has its credible original release without vocals but this is a dance track that took over the charts it took over everybody's life and it is a pop song as well as a really intelligent dance song
1: mm-hmm. frag my talk is miracle let's move from that into so if that was euphoric and kind of floaty and pump and trance what on earth do you call this? Blow your mind by lock and load.
0: I just used to lose it to this. No, this is just <laughs> mental because this was like, just jam packed with stuff. So you've got aerial sirens, you've yeah. got crowd noise, you've got a bit of a donk vibe breakdown. weren't really used to like donk it's practically like hard house meets breakbeat yeah it was noisy it was pumping it was rinsing and it was just at the time a massive 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 club track
1: Mm. the donk breakdown might be one of my favorite musical moments of this entire series so far really like to go from such a to go from such a high intensity start to that kind of boom 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 Mm -hmm. i like i I know you would lose your shit to the first bit but I lost my shit to the second bit I was just like my mind was I was picking bits of my
0: brain off the ceiling it was just like I remember getting ready to go out I was 16 we were going to our local nightclub and you would have drinks around in the house and I remember that at 7.30 Friday night Top of the Pops was on and I can mm. remember a performance of this on Top of the Pops being introduced by Sarah Cox <laughs> and it just goes to show you know this was on Friday night 7.30 TV this was a popular song Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah it's pretty forgotten about in many respects for non-dance music lovers. Dance music, people remember it, but, you know, as a pop track, people have kind of forgotten it, but it was just a big, big sample as well. So it was a sample of Sound Sources Take Me Up. People just lost it, and it's a really good, you know, going back to that YouTuber Dodie Says Move Around, this is one where you can just lose your crap to it and really just be happy by the time it's over as you
1: say it hasn't been remembered massively I hadn't heard it before number six at the time not to be sniffed at but one of those tracks that will live like it has in your memory and be very
0: special but they, yeah I, I can't argue with that I can't knock it at all it's made me think that I don't play this enough, so I'm gonna to have to it's specifically the club caviar remix, yes. The, the one that's in on the map. Yeah. But yeah, and I think what a, what a great start to the podcast this week to Smash and Dance Tracks. In it just.
1: We're gonna slow the tempo down just slightly, but this was like Fragma, also a number one single. This is Westlife. We slagged them off to no end in week one. They're back again. Was Fool again. Can't believe-
0: so much better than Seasons in the Sun and I have a dream even though it didn't kind of sell as many yeah. this is just way more a credible pop track for me
1: yeah it's an original track it's not a shitty, shady
0: cover like the first two were. And it was the fifth UK number one for them in a row as mm, well. But mm. people at the time kind of thought that this was them slipping because in the Republic of Ireland, it only got to number two. So I remember people thinking, oh, they've been and gone. They're done now. And this was at a time where we kind of thought bands were potentially short-lived because, you know, take that, had been and gone, really. The Spice Girls had been and gone. All Saints weren't doing as much stuff that was that was really performing. Um So we did think this was the song that was the slippery one, but boy, were we proved wrong at the time.
1: You mentioned last week about the prestige, if you're a band, to go and film a video in America. Yes. Like Atomic Kitten, you know, kind of people weren't sure, are they going to be big or they're not... They went and filmed Sia in America. Suddenly you think, hmm, maybe they've got some chops. This one's in Mexico, and they make a very big a very big point of it. Um at the mm-hmm. end of the video, it's all them on a helipad in black, arms stretched, looking at the camera. Video's pretty slick, in it, it's a kind of slick, slick boy band production, kind of more along the Backstreet Boys vein than than anything we've seen from them to this point, I'd say. Do you know what I like about
0: it the most? There's not a stool in sight. Apart from Brian McFadden. Well, yes, exactly. Yeah. But, um, you know, the whole thing's just a bit weird, right? Because I do think it's a really good pop song. I don't mind it. It's a bit of an earworm. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty much, it's a tragic song of a relationship ending and the guy pretty much just not seeing it coming. Mm. But it feels to me like it's a bit blamey on the lady from a guy perspective. And, you know, how was I to know? You never told me. I can get away with that line because it's like part of the chorus. Yeah. And okay, right. But whenever, like there's some of the lyrics that are like, you should have called me when you were lonely, when you needed me to be there. I'm kind of like, mate, how about check in once in a while? Yeah. You know, don't leave it up to the woman to always tell you how it's per, how you're performing, how it's going, what is the status of relationship. Um, interestingly enough, as well, whenever I looked into it in a bit further detail, guess what they didn't get for this track? Oh, go on. Any songwriting credits. They're not ah. labeled in any of the songwriting, too. So that's. Um, so this is
1: a pure Hit Factory one
0: pretty much but maybe that's why i kind of like it so much because it's quite far removed from Westlife, life um and it does it makes me it makes me feel young and it's like i remember at the time never listening to it but because it was in the radio repeatedly probably knowing every word at the time um and it does throw me back to a bit of nostalgia where i'm like yeah it's nice and stuff it's yeah. fine and i do it makes me like west life more than episode one like, way, way, way more, and it makes me feel like actually, maybe they were much better pop stars than I give them credit for. You know, yeah, it's got the sing along factor, it's catchy, it's vocally great. I'm not a West Lies fan, and I don't hate it, so
1: no. And I've got to say, the key change in this one is very strong. <laughs> the key change came up i was like whoa
0: you've 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 actually done well there i can't i can't fault that one and you know what i think as well is it's quite consistent because i can't remember the name of the guy who's the lead singer on this one but he sings about 90 percent of it and it's you know the other guy that does the high notes it takes ages for him to appear yeah and i think that's nice because he gets chucked in pretty quickly to westlife songs and this one just builds it flows and it gets there and you know yeah it's that's it's westlife and i think that i now am beginning to see why so many people were completely obsessed with westlife because i understand how these five lads would have totally made your heart melt if you were just young and into that kind of thing
1: so westlife will try and charm you they'll try and kind of like melt your heart cisco going straight in for the lingerie this is cisco and thong song let me
2: see that song
0: You hate this one, don't you? Because you've referred to it so many times in passing over the last few weeks that you were never going to give this a chance, were you? <laughs> um,
1: right. My my prejudice with Cisco and Thong song is that there was a Newcastle player called Cisco, and he was absolutely dreadful. So whenever I whenever I think about Cisco and Thong song, I think of a Spanish player called Cisco who couldn't kick a ball nanga. In, um, in terms of actual Thong song, I. I've I've heard it various times over the years, and I don't I don't hate it. Um, okay. I I, I I mean I listened to it again for this. I gave it as much attention as I possibly could. I will go as far as saying that if I don't think about it too much,
0: I actually quite like it. Yes, I knew yeah. that this could end up being the case. I thought you were going to go in really, really closed. And then, um, you know, you've not seen Kevin and Perry. Nope. I'm going to I'm gonna make a massive assumption here. You've never seen any of the Pitch Perfects either, have you? No. Nope. This is a legendary track simply because it is in Pitch Perfect 2. Mm-hmm. Da Sound Machine <laughs> throw it out for a verse. And that goes to show you the iconicness of that track simply because it's used in pitch perfect 2 because they they use tracks that are massive really
1: this song believe it or not has strings from Eleanor Rigby by the Beatles uh-huh. which is yep. you know thong song Beatles we've said before about the <laughs> about the the idea of Paul McCartney and and um, and Ringo approving the uh, sample of come together for a drum and bass track do you think they were consulted on this at all? You know, if, if a little little um, little file got slipped on the desk saying, you know, this guy called Cisco doing a song about butts, can he chuck some strings in there? And they're like, yeah, go
0: for it. Yeah, that sounds great to us. I love butts. They've, they've changed... <laughs> Cisco's actively said this, but he's changed it so much that they can't do anything about it because it actually doesn't sound like... Eleanor Rigby, they've just taken the components and made it different. So you can't listen to the two tracks side by side and identify which parts are which. Clever. Um, But he has used specific stuff. But it got four Grammy nominations, you know. (laughs) Like, I think, I I still think that you still think this is a novelty track. This was not a novelty track. No,
1: I don't at all. I don't at all. I think just the fact that it's so, it's so strongly about bums. It's just, it's just i
0: can't argue with it i can't argue destiny's child bootylicious
1: yeah yeah
0: this is what that is this is a bootylicious this is a baby got back i think because cisco didn't become this massive credible sensation in the full world for 10 years you kind of think that it's jokey and all of that kind of crack but you know the reason why and this is one of the things that you'll not get because you're so young right that i kind of remember is you know the the year was 2000 In 1999, what were girls not wearing? They weren't wearing thongs. They were wearing big, massive Bridget Jones knickers. Right. So thongs were new pretty much. Some girls had thongs, but they were not the normal. They weren't where girls started to wear them so that you didn't see their panty lines and stuff like that. Um, Thongs were a new thing en masse at this point. So to sing a song about it was just like, it was just you know, something really relevant at the time. So
1: he's actually kind of, he's a kind of a tastemaker in some ways. He he brought in the uh, the big wave that we now recognise. got a lot to thank
0: Cisco for, let's let's say that much. It was, like, don't get me wrong, it's still a little bit weird. You know, the video, Cisco goes to Miami on spring break, there's women in swimwear, um but he does do dancing, which is good for lads because, again, I was always a dancer. I never gave a crap what other people thought, but some lads at this time would not dance because... Boys don't dance. Um, He kind of gave some lads permission to dance a little bit. He made it a bit credible. Um, And like, there's a great key change in it. The bridge is fantastic. You know, it does do some really good stuff as a production, really. So um, I I really like it.
1: Here's a question for you, though. I see certain parallels between Cisco and Jason Derulo. Uh, Okay, yeah. And I'm sort of thinking... Do we have to blame Cisco for bringing us Jason Derulo? Because I think there's certain things that just have been carried across inspirations, complete ripoffs, just general misogynist vibes. Yeah, um, I think we've got a lot. As much as we're we're very thankful to Cisco for bringing thongs into the world, hello, uh, we've also got Jason Derulo as a result, which I find a bad thing.
0: Well, Jason Derulo again is a cemented pop star, so he could win an episode easily enough. Oh, mm. You know, really, if if we got to his era, hmm. you know, he could win because we mightn't like him. He could be to you... At your age, what West Life was to me. Maybe. You know maybe, what I mean? Maybe. Yeah. So, um and you know, the point of this is that we're opening our minds as well as everybody else mm. as we go through this. But yeah, I do see like don't get me wrong, I don't like the misogyny of this. It didn't need to be thong. And, you know, the inspiration for this was when his cousin told him and his crew that a woman handed him her thong at the end of a date. So that's where it came from. And the guy actually went, She gave me her thong, thong, thaw, thaw, thaw thong, and they giggled. Thong, thong thong. And then he went, Alright, this this needs to fit into this track that's missing it. So Um, his version didn't actually have that thong thong, thong thing in it. It was something that came from this conversation, so he didn't set out to just, like, make a track about thongs. It just kind of slipped into into place really but um, the Backstreet Boys and Jimmy Fallon did an cappella, you know a barbershop quartet version oh really yeah so like again that's again me cementing it into how big a big a track it was at the time but for me it's not going to be a winner no nope. I do think that it's it's great it's fun it's definitely of a time I don't like the misogyny of it no nope. anymore even though at the time I did and this episode has me questioning what was going through my brain as a 16 year old boy but I was a 16 year old boy so yeah. you know um, obvious things um but it doesn't really make sense if you didn't, like, really know about thongs at mm. that point. And I don't live in this, like, new age thong and ass culture anyway. So it's not really for for me to say I'm not all about the giant asses and stuff. That's not the circles I live in. So I, I feel like it's just a bit of a, a void for me. So you've never said a girl's got dumps like a truck truck? Only when I've sang it, because I've sang this song several times <laughs> in karaoke. Whereas probably not in the last maybe seven or eight years where I now have a, a lesser opinion of it and feel a bit embarrassed by the fact mm, that i saying it in karaoke, mm. but I have sang those lyrics, but I've never said dumps like a truck, truck, truck guys like what, what, what big movie, but, but, but I think I'll sing it again. See, I know all the words. Oh. Yeah,
1: That's a bit embarrassing. We're going to get a Ricky Martin later on. Another kind of influential sex God of this, of this time. Um, Living La Vida Loca gets a reference in this. Yes. And as a result, the writers of that track get a credit on this. Do you reckon they're happy about that at all? Do you reckon they want their <laughs> songwriting pedigree to be tarnished
0: with songs sung by Cisco? Uh, I don't know. Like I said, it was a, it was of a time, really. And, you know, you know, we're, we've looked back at Christina tracks, which were a bit weird. We've, we've done Britney tracks that are a bit weird. You know, we are always going to be looking back and thinking, Jesus, what were you thinking at that time? But, <laughs> you know, they were of a time. I'm kind of thinking here, right, you know, if he was saying and he put in, "Girl, I know you want to show those thong, 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 thongs," so that was because somebody was handed a thong on a date. I'm trying to think what my 16-year-old version of that would have been because me one handed me a thong. It probably would have been, "Girl, I know you want to show that tongue, 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 tongue." I'd have been lucky if I got a bit. I'd have been lucky to have a bit of French at the end of the night. You know. Oh dear
2: gosh!
1: Right, we'll move on bit from booties to boobies and the Bloodhound Gang with the bad touch. Nothing but mammals, so let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. Do it again now. You and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals, so let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. Get in the morning
2: now.
0: I'm back to questioning 16 year old Scott here And I feel a little bit embarrassed This song I loved it I (laughs) loved, love, love, loved it And everybody I knew Loved, loved, loved it It was just massive for me when I was 16
1: What's not a love though? Like what is not to love? You got a great sample there from Depeche Mode Then you've also got the video, all the guys in monkey costumes roaming about, talking about sex, and it's a lyrically rich track. Like this kind of perversion is not
0: to be sniffed at. It is kind of perverse, really, on reflection. And this is like, I don't want to, I don't want to negate myself when I was 16 because like I was happy, I was enjoying it. Um, I think, you know, really, I suppose, right, so much goes on in this lyrically. That I never knew the words to the verses. Yeah. I only knew the words to the chorus. And I think, you know, you can kind of get away with the chorus. And, you know, if you're singing in front of your parents, it can be like, oh, you're my teenage son's singing about sex <laughs> he again. Oh, dear. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, it was just a, a strange one for me, but it was ideal for teenagers, not so much adults really. But, you know, you are allowed to sing about sex. People do it, it's natural. Yeah. They have, and, you know, the Bloodhound Gang bring us a pretty unique story about. Their approach,
1: even without hearing the song, just reading the lyrics is enough of an experience. Like, I think they just pack so, so many cultural references, so many different metaphors and similes for sex, some really, really gross stuff, but it's yeah. so gross that it's kind of impressive. I, there's a guy on YouTube I watch called Todd in the Shadows. He's a music critic. He does all these videos in silhouettes. you so can't see his face. He does big, long video essays about songs and goes into detail about how much he likes them or hates them. And he spoke about LMFAO, Sexy Nanowit, which sounds like this.
0: Yeah, yeah. Girls, look at everybody, yeah. Get it, Girl, get it, ah, I work out.
1: Another song about the male gaze, another song about, you know, lusting over a body. Obviously the LMFAO track is more about the male body, and it's kind of in a sort of comedic, chauvinistic sort of way. But what Todd says is it like at least the Bloodhound gang made like an actual effort with this, at least they kind of made it a well written track, at least they put effort into making it as perverse as they do. Whereas LMFAO and other tracks that have kind of come since then just haven't put the time in. Like, if you're going to be a sex pest, at least do it properly. And that,
0: that's, that, that's the message. I think that's interesting. See, in my head, right, you know, we spoke about Jessica Simpson last week and we're like, this was a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant love song. Mm-hmm. Stick Sticking on the love scale, really, this is the complete opposite of Jessica Simpson. This is a sex <laughs> song. Yeah. And it's a really, really, really good sex song if you want to buy something on that side of the, you know, the weighing scales, But um, it... it, it You know, at the time, what I don't like about it is in the music video, I always loved that the music video headed towards that really awkward but gripping dance routine. If you've not seen it, you need to check it out. But they had two effeminate guys playing stereotypes and they actually had to have things cut out of the music videos at one point because they were beating the gay guys with baguettes and it just looked like a homophobic mm-hmm. attack don't get me wrong they, they spoke back and said if you can show me anybody that is going to attack somebody because of this music video then we'll take it out um, mm-hmm. and they tried to justify it but it was it was strange but there was a lot of awkwardness to it and it was quite random and unexpected and when you're 16 and you're trying to be a bit of a badass you actively like stuff like this and i, I did love it and i've got good memories to it i still like it i still think it's great could this win for you uh,
1: maybe maybe hmm. maybe okay. this maybe this week but spoiler alert it won't win the series okay there is an eiffel 65 remix which i really like oh christ <laughs> this is the only bloodhound gang song i know is that the same for you
0: um i'm gonna say yes unless we get deeper into this and yeah. then all of a sudden a number nine in the charts pops up and i'm like oh yeah i don't think they do
1: to me, that suggests that it's a very all-consuming song. Like, it's such a bombastic slap over the face in terms of what they're doing. And from what, I've, yeah. from what I've read as well, it's actually a departure in sound. Is this their sort of sellout track? Is this their all the small things that didn't really catapult them in the same way that that one did for Blink-182?
0: Maybes. I think we at the time thought these guys were going to be massive. And then, you know, what didn't really help was the fact that they were dressed like monkeys in the music video. You yeah. never got to see what they really looked like. So you could have walked past them in the street as they were massive superstars and you wouldn't have noticed what they looked like. Mm.
1: Plus, the album's called Hooray for Boobies and the album covers two zebra shagging
0: okay so strange
1: uh, that, that's, that can go either way I think you either in't it or you're not and that's just how it is thanks Bloodhound gang thanks for filling our brain with dirty sullied thoughts let's go into something a bit more pure Steps and Deeper Shade of Blue Deeper <laughs> Shade you know I've got a fondness for Latin guitar, we've had a lot of it so far this series, this has some, combined it with some trance, kind of like low key, summery, vibey, clubby, IB for trance, I'm in, sold.
0: Got me. This was originally recorded by Tina Cousins in 1997 off Sash and Mysterious Times and just around the hill. And in fact, if you listen to the first, I think it's maybe the first 10 seconds of it, you hear the, which is what the opening noises to Mysterious Times. Um, mm. So it's quite interesting. But yeah, it wasn't a hit for Tina Cousins and they brought it back for, for Steps. So the gist of it, it's pretty much a Steps song about the darker side of life and feeling, yeah. and feeling blue, but contrasted with like some really Upbeat vibes. I really liked it at the time. Mm. And I think now this would actually be perfect for TikTok. I can see people really smashing a dance routine to this and doing uh, something really interesting. Interesting.
1: Would you be the person to start it off?
0: Potentially. I'm no choreographer. I'm more when it comes to dancing, more of a, a bit of a, a copycat really when it comes <laughs> to it. But it had like a really futuristic video at the time. And this is back to, you know, the whole Claire got all the lines, Claire got all the lines. But in the music videos of this one, the the viewing time is all fay. It's all fae. Yeah. It's all Faye. It's all Faye. So it's that Rachel Stevens things again where, you know, S Club, Joe got all the lines or Bradley got all the lines. Camera was always on Rachel. Um, but I think this should have charted higher and it should have stayed in the chart for longer because it was their fastest slip mm. slipping track. And I think for a Steps track, I think it's completely underrated and should have done better things.
1: It's one of the latest singles, isn't it, from that album, spectacular It's one of the sort of last ones they put out before the next album cycle. So maybe there's a bit of Steps fatigue in there. Maybe the label weren't too sure about it. Maybe they just sort of snuck it out towards the end. Would you say it's one of the strongest singles from them of, the, of this period?
0: Um, I think that it is as a production and as a chart song. And if it hadn't been in a different order of their songs, it could have been a better performer really but i don't know why this didn't perform as well as other things so it it charted at number four so it did well numbers wise it just shifted off pretty quickly so i don't know did they stop doing promo was there less tv programs on where they could do their stuff was was there not enough opportunities to do things live and, and dance about and stuff for them i don't understand why it slipped really but i think that this is one of their stronger tracks and i know the words to this one and if somebody said name a steps track this is one of the first things comes to my my mind mm. so um it must have done something special to me when i was younger and i don't really know what it is. don't get me wrong we still get stomp and chain reaction to come both number yeah. ones from steps yeah so it's it's not gonna be a long-term winner if it wins at all but i think it's a really 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 strong pop song and um i think they could re-release that again and it would still do all right, mm. you know. Yeah, I, I agree. And it, within a massive steps reboot, not just like as a random let's chalk out tomorrow, but you know.
1: I mean, as you, you've mentioned, the video very futuristic. I want to know exactly what point in the future they think this is. Like, <laughs> did they think it was like twenty twenty? Is that what is that what's supposed to look like now, or is that like the year three thousand, or is that the year twenty fifty? Either way, I want to find out so I can be there because it's it's a dream. It's it's all contact lenses and latex and bright colors and. Yeah, what the fuck's going on but it's 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 good to me. I I appreciate. I like I like, like I say the choreography that I remember the choreography from being a kid like it stuck in my mind. Not a lot of songs I can see the video quite as vividly as this one. So it's obviously it's left an impact from
0: being 4 year old. See that's I think this is for some reason really impactful and I don't understand why it is so in my head and if you're saying the same thing there was something mm. special about this as a time that we just can't recall or describe right now but actually there was something pretty impressive about this song. This could be an episode winner. It could be an episode winner. This yeah. is I think this is what people expect us to choose as the final winner because I think whenever we say the word pop music, you think Steps and S Club and mm, Christina mm, and Britney mm. and stuff like that. And, you know, we have established that other things are shifting in and, you know, we've got Fragmas, we've got Blink-182s, we've got Bloodhound Gangs, we've got Cisco's. Um But I think this seems like a really obvious thing. But yeah. I think that this is really 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 strong as a as a, a pop song and it's not on the grand scale of steps it's the least cheesy thing I think that they've done at this point.
1: Okay so that wasn't number one. This was Oxide and Neutrino bound for the reload casualty. Bound for the bound bound for the
0: reload So, so 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 big. This yeah. was just massive at the time. Like you know, lock, stock, and two smoking barrels was big anyway. But to take the casualty theme tune as a sample is risky. It's different. It's a whole mm-hmm. what the fuck kind of thing. And I remember at the time, it was creepy because the casualty theme tune was scary and it's still kind of scary to this day. Oh God, yeah, yeah. It's like the Crime Watch theme tune used to freak the shit out of me when I was a kid and so did the casualty one. To take that creepy thing, you then think, oh, hold on a second, they're going to do something smoother and like make it a Craig David vibe where actually it sounds really, you know, rejuvenated. They didn't. They put creepy noises on a creepy sample and... Got to number one with it like that was just completely completely unheard of
1: so Oxide and Neutrino are both members of So Solid Crew yeah I mean at this point there could have been any number of them uh, from an interview that uh, with Oxide and Neutrino they said that when they joined so Solid Crew there's about 30 of them yeah, possibly yeah
0: 30 about here yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah so they were 17 year olds they are producing beats they're doing stuff for the group they make this track it's such an unexpected hit it's got the casualty theme which kind of means it's popular on Radio 1 and Radio 2 in theory yeah? no? well actually no it wasn't it, wa- no. it wasn't because they were totally cast out um, these days you've got uh, this, this is from an interview that they did with The Guardian last year I'll put a link in the description of this podcast because it's well worth reading the whole thing so they were basically talking about the fact that the drill music of this day which has been outcast by the government and been outcast by the media as a you know as a reason for knife crime and gun crime this was garage back in the day or this kind of garage was particularly kind of cast out they were yeah. refused to play on the radio they were kind of looked down upon when it was played on the radio in the chart shows and stuff nobody could believe what they were hearing um, they were seen as glamorising gun crime and I suppose you got that lock stock and two smoking barrels clip ah! shit! I've been shocked! I don't fucking believe this, could everyone stop getting shot, 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 shot In there that kind of has the, oh shit, I've been shot And it's kind of a amusing clip from a comedic gangster film All, All things are going against them They have a number one single, but they can't play anywhere They can't be played anywhere because the people who are in charge of these things don't want to be seen as glamorizing gun crime. It's a tough place to be, especially a seventeen year old when you've made this massive track and it's just it's gonna sink in the mainstream, but in terms of the underground scene where it's kind of designed to be, it's doing really well.
0: It was played on Kiss FM, so KISS FM were the ones that took the 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 bullet so to speak and played it. Mm. But the reload bit, everybody thinks that reload was about a gun. Reload is about just playing the reload. song again. Yeah, just yeah. play the song again, play the song again. And it's to do with the technology that was there at the time. But the weird thing is, right, you know, they had a bit of a, a strange, scary time because people thought that everything about this, from a, from, a, from a white man around the desk, you know, making corporate decisions, everything about this was bad. It was naughty. It was underground. It was scary. And then actually the fact that it just took over the charts, that was scary too. It was a hijack. You know, this song hijacked everything that everybody ever knew. And Mm. it just compromised everything and it made everybody question everything and it made people feel weak, really. And what we were used to is, you know, Craig David was smoother. Um, He was just um, a bit more suave about everything at the time. So what we were used to, garage-wise, there was a big gap between this and what we were getting out of Craig David and what we were getting out of Artful Dodger too. Um, But this was just like another example of the rise of the new generation of stars. And, you know, it was scandalous a white label track hit number 1 like yeah,
1: that that's incredible that, when you think isn't it
0: yeah that's that's you know most white label tracks back then you know would get to maybe number 5 in the charts you know if you look at the 10 years before it you had things like the prodigy but with the prodigy what you got is you got some sort of a hook some sort of relatability um the lyrics and stuff would flow whereas this one didn't follow any rules at all Yeah. And the hook the hook is casualty <laughs> the, the hook was casualty but uh, one of my favorite th- bits about this whole thing right is the fact that they didn't originally get clearance you know what they did to get clearance for this go on they rang the bbc reception and told a receptionist um, um we're using we're using the casualty theme tune in a song and hung up <laughs> like it was a switchboard that was how they told the bbc that they were going to use this song and then eventually after selling Loads of white label copies out of the back of a Peugeot. They ended up getting <laughs> official clearance for it as well. But you know, it was it was massive, and it was just like yeah. pra- it was like almost grime in two thousand. You know, it was yeah, it was just yeah. odd and unheard of. But this was insane, like actually insane at the time.
1: Obviously, I wasn't there. Well, I was there at the time, but I was four and I was nowhere near any of this. But this is the track that we we all still play now. Me and my friends still play this. I had it on yesterday. We were both like raving to it. It's this, this is a definite definite contender
0: Oh interesting interesting, interesting
1: We will stay with Garage Got two more tracks Again this is a very Garage sort of time isn't it The fact there's so many big UKG tracks in the top 10 early 2000 Love it Can't, can't, can't go wrong This one is the solo debut of Dane Bowers He's just left another level They've been busy licking everyone up and down Now he's off with True Steppers doing this It's called Buggin' <laughs>
2: so
0: this got to number six in the chart and this was a thing where auto-tune was starting to kind of creep in do you know Mm. much about this era are you interested do you like it what's your thoughts
1: uh i'm interested yeah it's 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 a yeah
0: interested interested interest that's it because again for me I'm not too focused on it because I know that Victoria Beckham's Out of Your Minds Common that was produced by True Steppers. True. And that is is bigger, so it kind of voids this one straight away. But great voice from Dane. Always knew he had a great voice from another level. Autotune started to make autotune a little bit cool, and people were doing different stuff with it and trying to make it you know subtle but still noticeable on purpose mm. um generally everything about it was enjoyable i'm hoping that it's not an earworm but in the music video this era right there was bmw z3s were the car that everybody wanted they wanted idtts and there was idtts in it and people wanted new beetles so if you watch music videos of this time and there's cars in them you can tell that like they were trying to be cool because they had a bmw z3 a Volkswagen beetle or an idtt mm. so that had one of them In it, so again, it was just a bit, bit try hard. Number six in the chart, but again, don't need to discuss it because Victoria Beckham's on the way in the future. I don't know when, but she's on the way. It's it's coming
1: up very soon, very soon indeed. yep very
0: soon. Cool, cool, cool. but true steppers Embard. Yeah, fine, guards track. Yeah, it's fine. But let's wait for let's wait for Victoria Beckham.
1: Absolutely. So from that to MJ Cole and Crazy Crazy Love. lounge garage just showing the 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 wide variety of garage that we have out there you know craig david doing very kind of like mainstream sort of stuff on the sort of r&b side of things you've got oxide neutrino just doing completely mad like sort of grime sort of stuff then this is kind of more chill more loungy kind of more sensual if you get my drift.
0: That's because MJ Cole is classically trained. He is, and yeah. And knows his stuff and was a pirate DJ with Dream Team as well. This is the one that is my intro juice mm. because I think the first five seconds of it, the plinks, whatever's being plucked there is amazing. Yeah. Just really, really good. Um, I do struggle with it because I think that the verses are forgettable. Yeah. I don't remember any of the verses. No, nope. Big, big hook on the chorus though, so I could still without having done this podcast, I could have sang the chorus to you. Um, I want it to be a bit more of a fill me in, but I just yeah. love that we've got some garage that is just like smooth, chill, and just like a, a, a little bit of easy listening, really, for me. Mm.
1: And this is like a classic number 10 in the charts track, isn't it? It's just sort of sneaked in there. It's kind of yeah. out there. It's not the most mainstream track, but it's it's got there, so well done. Uh, it's from the from the album Sincere, which just makes you think about Sincere. And reminds uh-huh. you that it's not sincere. Sincere is a, it, I mean, it's still to this day a massive, massive classic, isn't it? Be sincere. I'm crazy. Don't do it. Be sincere.
0: That's it. This is just so difficult because MJ Cole was dealt a hard one where it does not matter what was going to follow up sincere. He was not going to be able to do a sincere, you know, sincere from 1998. It was just. Huge, and it's still huge to this day and it was just like it was really one of the first garage tracks to just break the chart really now don't get me wrong Crazy Love actually did really well in the US so it got to number 22 in the billboard chart which is huge for UK artists mm. at that time yeah yeah but Fallen Up Sincere really difficult and it, I think it's a great track and I could listen to it loads but it has too many elements of it that are forgettable in the in the the songwriting for me <laughs>
1: So we've already spoken about Ricky Martin because he was living la vida loca with Cisco on Thong Song. Now he's with Mia, and this is called Private Emotion. It's a...
0: got this existed don't really want no, to talk about it it's not
1: quite living and la vida loca is it it's not quite
0: nothing was going to be live and la vida loca you know really really nothing ever was um my let, let's let's do a positive ricky martin thing american pie the reunion which is one of my favorite american pie films i love the first one and the last one the best but there is a bit in it where they go back to their 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 memory board um things that they said they wanted to be in the future and things they wanted to do in the future and there's just a great bit in that film where it goes jim wants to have the sex life of ricky martin and this was <laughs> before ricky martin had come out as gay so that's why it's just quite a quite a funny joke but that's that's the the ricky martin side of things i want to talk about or live in la *Vida yeah. loca you know really sorry yeah. Ricky, mate but she would just play that instead yeah let's do some live in la Vida loca Jam, that is good. That's so, Isn't it so, good. so
1: good. I yeah, like that is. Ricky Martin's gone the opposite way with the whole name thing. Like, you know, like normally if you've got a really boring name, you go make one really exciting. Because his, his real name is Enrique Martin Morales. And he was <laughs> like, nah, I want to be Ricky Martin. <laughs> oh, dear. It's like the flip side of like someone like Jamie Foxx. Like, Jamie Foxx is really called Eric Marlon Bishop, but he became he? Jamie Foxx.
0: Jamie Foxx with two X's. See, this is showing you how lacking an in interest. <laughs> Private emotion by Ricky Martin is whenever we're having more crap yeah. talking about Jimmy Fox's real name. Yeah, you know, I googled. I googled myself today, which is weird. I was looking for an article <laughs> that I'd written years ago, but sure. um, I found. And my 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 name's a typo, so my name shouldn't really exist. But I found an obituary for a historical Scott McGurdy which was really really odd because I was under the impression I was the only one ever. The only what? one. How's your name a typo? I don't get that. Because back when my dad was born in 1942, whatever somebody typed on the typewriter was what you got and <laughs> it was a big massive mess it sounds like what our name our historical family name was but it's not what it is so I think she dropped something on the typewriter because E-R-T and Y are all in one row you know like the QWERTY part of the keyboard oh yeah so, <gasps> I'm gonna call you Scott McQWERTY from now on <laughs> well that would make a change to Dirty McGurdy or Snot McDirty you know so yeah go for it go for it go for it <laughs> <sighs>
1: 10 tracks maybe not as strong as last week or week before different
0: you would say very different and i feel uncomfortable now because like i said earlier i have questioned why i liked these songs when i was younger and you know you know each week i can kind of find something about most songs and be like oh well actually if you think about it this much maybe that bit's a little bit weird and things whereas they're have been ones this week where I have completely questioned 16 year old <laughs> Scott and I, I, I don't want to do that because I don't think that's healthy but no it's I not. do feel like I've questioned my love my historical love for thong song and the bloodhound gang the bad touch
1: okay then well we'll start with you then do they do they stay in your pot do they come out your pot where do they stand with the rest of the tracks
0: mm, I want to keep the bloodhound gang in my pot but i'm not going to put it in my pot i think my pot this week's going to be pretty small actually okay. and i'm gonna i'm gonna put in oxide neutrino bound for the reload yep. i'm gonna put in steps deeper shade of blue i'm gonna put in fragma's talk as miracle and i'm gonna close the door because i'm gonna leave it as three this week sitting in there
1: right Okay then. Mm. So, which one's it going to be? What is your episode winner for this week?
0: My episode winner is one of the biggest dance tracks of all time. It's going to be Fragment Talk as Miracle Shock
1: Horror. I am so oh, I can't <laughs> believe it. Oh, who had money on that one? Oh, not me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not not surprised, but it's a great choice. It's just such a great, 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 great. And Maria
0: Rabia a few weeks back told us to choose it, didn't she? Yes, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. She really, really did when she messaged. In. Even if she hadn't, we would have anyway. So just saying but but wait, yeah what about your pot then talk talk us through it
1: i am gonna also put in talk miracle i'm also yes. gonna put in the bad touch i'm also yes. gonna put in steps deeper shade of blue yes. i'm also gonna put in oxide neutrino
0: yes and
1: and just because you didn't think i would i'm gonna put in thong song by cisco but oh no but i'm also gonna sort of like wag my finger and say don't do that again that's bad you can't talk
0: about women like that don't do that again You've Stop just nailed it. exactly what I'm thinking. You've just you've put it all into context yeah. where I love the song, but actually he needs told to off. That's it exactly po- po-
1: po- I, politi- politically I can't vibe with it at all. But as an as an early noughties jam that lives in its time and does its thing, for what it does, you can't knock it.
0: So there you go. I get the feeling I know where you're gonna go with this. Do you? Uh huh. Do you really? And I don't know why, there's just some Yeah, and I just I'm just thinking about some of the passion and the knowledge that you put into something earlier on so i get the feeling i know where you're heading but oh, feel I think, free to
1: uh, I, th- I think i know where you think i'm gonna go but i don't think you're right oh really no not really oh no okay 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 so what are you thinking for your episode winner then my episode winner is gonna be just because it's the one that i can hear in my head now actually i can i can hear two songs in my head right now i'm sure you can imagine which ones <laughs> it might be But I just think because I've gone for a lot of these tracks, I've gone for a lot of these similar sort of vibe tracks, I'm going for Bound for the Reload, Oxide, Neutrino.
0: I thought that's what it was going to be. Oh, did you? Yeah, 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 that's what I thought you were going for. And I'm really glad that you've done it because I think that, like, I feel a bit gutted that I couldn't choose that as an episode winner because Fragma for me... Deserves it more. but I really wanted <sighs> I do, I, that to have a platform, and I'm really glad you've chosen to put that on a platform this week.
1: I do. I, I do love Talker's Miracle. I do. I do have a lot of fondness for The Bad Touch for similar reasons to Cisco's. Kind yeah. of like it's great, but come on. Yeah, you know, read a book. Read a book. Don't be talking that dirty smack.
0: Bloodhound but Gang like in- is more of a telling off for me. This week, Dan Cisco does.
1: But you've got to, I guess, like we said at the time, we've got to appreciate just how much commitment was put into being a dirty, dirty, dirty boy.
0: Yeah. So it's time to choose our series winners, and yeah. whether Destiny's Child say my name will stay on for me, or whether Fragma Talk is Miracle is going to knock Destiny's Child say my name off. Can we have a drone? So Destiny's Child Say My Name has a very interesting and important story through it. A bit of protagonist in there as well too. Mm. Talk is Miracle has less so, but actually we do have the words touch me in Spanish and then also the lines touch me this afternoon. I'm leaving this afternoon. Um, (laughs) Poetry. Poetry in motion. For me, I need to think about longevity and one that is going to stand the test of time and the one that really can compete week after week after week after week and is not going to be seasonal my series winner is still destiny's child say my name
1: mm. you know what i'm not surprised I, I i agree with what you said i think destiny's child has a lot of potential going forward i think it does too fragma is one for the here and now it's one for the moment
0: i think it is legendary but i think what happens is the volume of Fragma turns up in certain circumstances you know whether you're on a night out Mm. whether you're listening to dance music or whether it's the summer Um, whereas Destiny's Child is a song for all seasons really but yeah and I think that that's that's why it's gonna be a difficult one to knock off really now Liam yeah we've discussed your pot Mm -hmm. I'm gonna hit you with a drone drone
1: right so I've kind of got two garage tracks up against each other here different ends of the spectrum in my eyes and my ears I think for similar reasons to you I'm thinking about longevity I'm thinking about oh it's tough it, really, it is. really is tough I am going to go with that as well Craig David fill me in I mean let's just say before it goes bound for the reload I'm going to go and put it on now as soon as we're finished doing this I'm going to go and put it on in the kitchen now and just rave to it but um, yeah Craig David fill me in you're, you're staying you're staying and I reckon you'll be staying for a while so we've both stayed on I sort of thought that that's what would happen. If you disagree, if you agree, get in touch, naughty00pod at gmail.com. You can get us on Twitter, naughty00pod. Send us your stuff, send us photos, send us threats um, to publish (laughs) the pictures of Scott with his curtains. Um, I reckon if we get enough tweets, I'll start leaking them. (gasps) I don't know about that, like.
0: (laughs) We'll have to see. I'll have to get on to Christine, your mother, and start whipping out things. But the problem is, I think whenever you were whenever you were four, I think you were just probably a bit too cute because you were a pretty cute child. So I um, was a cute child. We might need to fast forward. Actually, maybe I'll just skip straight to you at university. And then just destroy your life. <laughs> don't, no. Tip for tap. Oh, please don't. No, don't. Don't, 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 don't. Uh,
1: Actually, my mom listened to the show this week and she says that she's finding out loads of things that she never knew about me before. Ooh. She's now discovered the reason why I took guitar lessons and is not very happy. <laughs> but there you go. <laughs> Coming up in the next couple of weeks or so, we have got four massive number ones from artists, including Sonique, wow. Billy Piper, wow. before she was off Gallivant in the TARDIS, Madison Avenue, wow. and... Oops, I did it again Wow Plus, we've got S Club 7 With a big number 2 uh, But it's actually, it's actually good uh, We've got Sex Bomb by Moose T and Tom Jones And we've got one that I know you love From Watergate
0: I love it Ah. Uh... Mm. Love it, love it, love it. I think it's getting difficult again because what's happening is, you know, I am being manipulated because we're heading towards (laughs) summer dance music. And this whole era now is just designed to mess with my brain. And really, it's just like trying to blur out Destiny's Child. It's trying to just get me to, like, let the strings go. But big big songs big big songs legendary songs classics and some ones that i know a lot about and feel passionate about that most people won't even think
1: Mm, well i look forward to it scott we'll do it all again next week shall we let's do it yes thank you very much take care stay indoors stay safe and keep listening to naughty's bangers